Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, February 25th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen, alongside Sugar Shane Caldwell, who's back in the ring on this fine Thursday. Shane, are you ready for a six-game NBA slate? Yeah, for a Thursday uh, matchup, uh, for Thursday slate, this is great to have uh, six games and have, have these nationally televised games. And uh, yeah, some premier players and some premier matchups here. Uh, interesting matchups as we look at the slate early on in the day here. So yeah, I'm fired up for the slate. Yeah, you're right. A little bit more exciting than yesterday with some of the potential here with the, the teams and the stars. We have five of the best six offenses in the NBA on this slate. And we also have five of the seven worst defenses. So we've got some matchups to target and zero in on. We only have four of the 12 teams involved in a back-to-back. We have one 230 total and one 240 total on betus.com.pa, our presenting sponsor. And we'll go uh, dig into those games toward the end of the show as they are the later tip-offs. And we'll start out with the early game, as we always do. It's an island game between the Mavericks and the 76ers. 7 o'clock tip. This is going to be played in Philly. And the 76ers favored by 4.5 here, over under 226.5. The big news here with the Mavericks continues to be the question marks for Porzingis and Kleba. They missed the last one, opening up some value in the front court for Dallas. And then on the Philly side, we have... Seth Curry probable with the ankle. So start this one off for us, Shane. Yeah, I mean, Dallas is pretty excited after that uh, big, big shot by uh, Luka to knock off Boston the other night, which is which is good. But uh, Boston's not really playing that good themselves right now. So Dallas did get the win, but I don't know if it was that much of an impressive win. Um, you know, obviously Luka's the man for, for Dallas, but uh, to be honest with you, it's a little bit hard to trust him on the road against this Philly uh, defense, uh, you know, they're ranked uh, fifth overall defensive efficiency, Philly is, and uh, we all know Philly plays better at home. So I'm concerned about Philly being rested, playing at home, you know, pretty much having their full arsenal of guys they can focus on. And with with uh, Dallas, especially if some of those big guys are out like Porzingas and Kleba, uh, that allows Philly to focus their defense to uh, to stop and limit Luca even more. So Luca's early on here is kind of looking like a fade to me, um, and I think that uh, Philly wins this game pretty easily. I think that the four and a half point spread, I I would take Philly uh, to cover that for sure right now. That's kind of where I'm at with this game. Um, decent pace to the game, uh, you know, for Dallas it is a pace up. Dallas is one of the slower paced teams. Philly gets up at the seventh best pace. So that helps Dallas a little bit. But again, but Philly's going to play really good defense. Dallas among the worst on defensive efficiency. Um, so as you can see, I'm kind of looking towards the Philly side here. Um, but I feel like Philly's going to beat them pretty easily. So I wouldn't stack too many Philly guys here. So not really too big on the Dallas side uh, right now here for, for this game. Um, I can't really find any other guys. I know uh, definitely, depending on the news with the bigs, you might be able to find a big, uh, uh, you know, a value power forward or center for Dallas. Um, you know, a guy like James Johnson is a guy that I really like that contributes in all categories. I just like his his stocks and his defensive and uh, ability and his rebounding, and he can also score. So he's a guy we can look at if both their other bigs are out again. 
Um, but I'm just not going to have a lot of exposure to Dallas here. Um, what about you? I can't, I can't imagine you're looking to stallet, uh, to, uh, you know, stack a coach's team tonight. Yeah, probably not. I, I agree. Um, you know, the, the pressure will be on Luca and, and he can certainly carry the team when necessary without Porzingis, Porzingis, if he's out, but tough defensive matchup, like you said. So I probably won't pay up for Luca. I will look at Dallas more for a value play. And I like how James Johnson got 28 minutes in that starting role. You know, he hasn't been in the rotation, but he's talented, athletic, and Carlisle called on him to to step up when needed, and he did, paid off that price tag, and he's still very cheap on both sites. So he is a a value play for me, probably the guy I'm, I'm most likely to play on Dallas. With the centers, it's a little bit hard to know how these minutes are going to shake out. Powell got the start against Dallas, but only played 11 minutes. And then they split it up after that. Boban got 13 minutes. Willie Cauley-Stein got 24. And they're going to need all hands on deck to try to deal with Embiid. So I I wouldn't be surprised if it's somewhat of a three-way split again, which makes it very hard. I mean, they're all value prices, almost minimum price on both sides. So if there was more clarity there, then that would be an opportunity. But... I just don't trust the centers here as much, so I'm looking more at uh, James Johnson. How about on that Philly side? You li- you like that matchup better. Where are you going to focus? Yeah, yeah, I like the Philly side, and we'll start with the big guy, Joel Embiid, playing at pretty much an MVP level this year. And I like the fact he's not north of 11,000 like some of these other top dogs on this slate. That allows you to pay up at another position here. So 10,400 on FanDuel and 99,900 on DK to me in this matchup is pretty reasonable. Uh, Dallas was already pretty weak against bigs and then they lost a couple of their guys. So, uh, you know, they're going to rotate those bench guys in there, but I'm not concerned with those guys. I don't think they can hang with Embiid. Um, So as long as the game stays somewhat competitive, you know, I'm looking for uh, looking at Embiid here. I think he's one of the better plays. Um, uh, There is a little bit of a blowout potential, but I think if if Embiid can get a little bit of run in the fourth quarter, um, I I think he can really smash that, you know, that price tag and 60 to 70 point upside pretty uh, pretty easily here. Um, You know, Embiid's kind of hit or miss, but I think I like him better at home. I like him coming off, you know, a day of rest in a matchup that's weak against uh, big men. So that's why I do like this position here for him, that he could even uh, hit value even in three quarters if he needed to, or three and a half quarters. Um, And then uh, if you want to go mid-range here, I think this is a good spot for Tobias Harris as well. Uh, I I think that, you know, he matches up pretty good well against the Dallas defense, and he could do a lot against them, uh, put up a lot of uh, points, and uh, definitely – you know, he definitely gets in the mix, rebounding, assist. He pretty much runs the second unit. So when Tobias Harris comes in there against the second unit for Dallas, I like him to eat and really put up a big game. And he's the type of guy that can put up 50 fantasy point upside at only $8,000 price tag. So if you're going to go more mid-tier here, I like Tobias Harris, and I don't think he's going to get that high ownership because people don't really want to pay $8,000 for a guy like that when there's other studs you want to pay up for here. Uh, and then if you want to go value on Philly – I like Seth Curry coming back after uh, taking a game off. I think Seth Curry could get 30-plus minutes here. And, uh, you know, I'm not too worried about the Dallas defense. I know they have a couple perimeter uh, defenders that are decent. But if Seth Curry heats up from three, um, I think he could have a big game. And I like his price on FanDuel. He's only $4,000. So I think he's way too cheap on FanDuel. 
Um, I know he could be going up against, you know, Josh Richardson, a couple uh, decent wing defenders, but I think Curry could get some run against some backup guys as well. Um, and Philly gets up and runs a uh, pretty fast pace. And again, I like Philly at home. So Seth Curry is a pretty good value of $4,000 on FanDuel. Um, and that's kind of where I'm looking for the Philly side right now. Yeah, there is a potential value play there. You, you wonder about the ankle and is he at 100%. It is a really good price tag for him. And there have been some perimeter guys who've had big shooting days against Dallas. So that that is a possibility. If he is out at the last minute and Korkmaz starts again, at 3,500 in that same spot on uh, FanDuel as a shooting guard, there's a potential value play. Uh, he took advantage of the starting opportunity last time out. Other than that, though, I think I probably will focus on, on Embiid here. I, I do think he's worth considering at that expensive price because of the great matchup. Um, so I, I like Embiid here, and I think you can... There, I think there will be enough value to use Embiid and another star on this slate and, and make it work. Anything else for me from Philly would be a secondary approach. You know, if to get a guy like Harris in there, like you said, I think he will be a little bit lower owned. Uh, but if you wanted to go with more of a, a medium build, then he could be a guy that would that would fit in pretty nicely there. He's pretty solid as a at least as a cash game option. Uh, tougher to hit that ceiling with Simmons and Embiid out there. But uh, yeah, Embiid, uh, I think we'll probably end up with a, a hefty number of shares of Embiid tonight, won't we? Yeah, and I think another thing about Tobias Harris, if if Philly gets up big, which I think it's poten- potentially could here, sometimes Tobias Harris gets a little bit more run in the fourth quarter before they pull him, where they tend to load manage Embiid a little bit more and pull him a little sooner if they have a nice comfortable lead here. Um, so that is the the potential with Tobias Harris. He just tends to be a little bit safer for for uh, playing time here. Uh, but obviously Embiid has the massive ceiling and he's in a great spot here. So so that's why I kind of like both. But yeah, the the medium build uh, could be interesting on this slate because everyone is going to go to these top type top tier studs. And if if some of the value plays, which there's not a ton of them, but some of the value plays don't hit on this slate. And you get a couple blowouts for these stud players, these $11,000 players. That's where the medium build could actually create an advantage here. Um, but we'll see because we have uh, several. We got to see later in the evening how the news shakes out. And that's going to determine, you know, what strategy could be the best here. Right on. Game two is the 730 tip between Orlando and Brooklyn. A 228 total here. Brooklyn favored by eight and a half. And this is an interesting rematch because back on January 16th, these two teams played and it was Harden's debut as a Brooklyn Net and he was dominant, 32-12-14. and And KD went for over 40 in that game. He's obviously out tonight. Kyrie did not play in that one. So we should have the two studs here, Harden being uh, the, the only guy playing in both matchups. And now he's got Kyrie out there with him. Now, that one stayed close enough, 122 to 115. Um, And so I I think this is a a decent game to invest in, even though we do have uh, Orlando in their 17th pace and 28th-ranked offense. I mean, they're just going to take advantage of Brooklyn's 8th-rated pace and their 24th-ranked defense. So, uh, you know, Orlando, any team really that plays Brooklyn these days gets excited and they feel good about an opportunity to put up a ceiling game for themselves because of that poor Brooklyn defense and fast pace. 
So uh, starting with Brooklyn, I, I do like Harden here. Uh, I, I don't. Th- I just don't see anybody for Orlando to contain him. He is just on an absolute heater right now, averaging right around 60 fantasy points. And he has not had any duds lately at all. He's been ultra consistent and uh, just so hot. So I, I think it's a pretty safe investment in him and you, you know, feel pretty good about getting right around 60 fantasy points. With uh, the other Brooklyn guys, Kyrie is certainly a lot cheaper. Uh, and so, you know, that could work as well. He is going to deal with a little bit more length with guys like Michael Carter-Williams uh, potentially giving him a little bit of a hard time. So I, I do prefer Harden over Kyrie. And then with the rest of Brooklyn, we do need the news on Jeff Green. He's questionable with the shoulder issue. He missed the last game, and that will have a real trickle-down effect in terms of who starts. Uh, does DeAndre Jordan start again? Uh, who's the fifth guy? Uh, Bruce Brown would probably go back to the bench. Uh, he had a big game last time out, but uh, I don't I don't think I want to go back to him. And then on the Orlando side, Vucevic is the big star there that we have to consider, Shane. And he was excellent against Brooklyn last time out. He's had some massive games lately, but right around that 10K price tag, I'm probably going to lead, uh, lean towards Embiid tonight. With the rest of Orlando, uh, Michael Carter-Williams is... Uh, 5,000 right around there on both sites. So he's a potential mid-tier guy. And, you know, I'm not a fan of his his shooting. I'll, I'll say it every slate here. His scoring, I'm not looking to him as a scorer. But I do like him in this game because it'll be fast-paced. I think he does his best work in the open court, maybe pick up a steal or two, and, you know, just take advantage of that style of game where in the half court where he's grinding it out, He's not the type of point guard who's going to create his own shot and score. So I, I think you can go to Michael Carter-Williams and try to take advantage of this pace-up game. And then with the other guys, I think Fournier and, and Terrence Ross, man, is, this is the type of game for them also, but they're so expensive. So I just don't see myself going there. And then the one other value play I, I want to mention is al Aminu who is battling back from that knee issue and his minutes here, check out this trend, 12, 13, 19, 22. So they've been cautious with him. They're slowly getting him back up to, to speed. He, but he's almost minimum price on both sites. And again, in this game environment, you know, knock down a couple threes, a couple stocks, uh, you know, give me 24 minutes out of Aminu and I think he can pay that off. So I think there's a good chance I'll go with Harden from this one. And then, you know, probably at least one of the Orlando guys to try to take advantage of this game environment. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so we're a little bit different. Last week uh, when we did the slate, I was more like Team Harden, you know, based on pricing, and you were leaning more towards Ir- uh, Kyrie Irvin, Irving, Irwin. Uh, so on this uh, slate, I, you know, based on Harden's price, I've been playing Harden almost every single game that he's played. But I think now that his prices went up, and Orlando wants to slow the, the game down a little bit here. Um, they're decent on defense. Um, I And I think that uh, Brooklyn is, is going to blow the doors off this team. I think it's going to be a blowout. That's kind of the theme for me for this slate is I'm concerned about these spots for some of these teams. I'm really concerned about the blowouts and whether these superstars are going to get run in the fourth quarter. 
So Harden is one of those guys I'm concerned about at that $11,000 price point. I'm concerned, uh, you know, that that it, they're going to blow him out so much that Harden isn't going to have to really press and do anything in the fourth quarter. So therefore, he can't get that 65 to 70 point, you know, upside that you need for him to really crush his uh, value at that price point. Um, Kyrie, I think I could see Harden and, and Kyrie kind of taking turns on which guy has that monster game. And now that Harden's went on a nice run, I can see it shifting where Kyrie would uh, would have a big game in this one. So if I would pay up for one of those guards, I would probably pay up for Kyrie at the discounted price. He's like 8,800 on FanDuel, but I'm not sure if I'm going to get to either one of those guys yet. Um, I get it. It's a pretty it's a pretty uh, decent matchup, but again, the, the Orlando wants to slow it down a little bit. Orlando, one of the worst offenses in the league, where Brooklyn is the best offense in the league. Uh, obviously, Brooklyn's defense isn't great, but they're they're getting a little bit better. So I just don't think it's a good recipe to be a competitive game. Um, so in these type of games, I like. I like to get a couple mid-tier value guys. So um, I actually do like Bruce Brown just because I think that Bruce Brown's been playing great, and I don't think it was just an anomaly that he had that big game. I think that they trust him more in terms of his overall playing defense and the way he's fitting in the scheme. And I think this is the type of game where Kyrie and Harden don't have to have that massive game to win. They can get up big and then let guys like Bruce Brown play more down the stretch. So I like Bruce Brown here, and he's still he's only five thousand dollars on Fanduel and forty six hundred on DraftKings. So I still think that he's a decent play here, and I don't feel like it's chasing, even though he just came off it just you know one of probably his biggest game ever, one of his best games ever. Um, but he's he's got over thirty fantasy points the last two games, so I like him to do that here again. I'm not worried about the Orlando defense, and I just think that the uh, even if it is a blowout, he can still hit value here. And then Joe Harris is another guy that I like here in that $5,000 range that I think also could have a big game here and hit value at its low price point, even if there's a blowout. Um, so that's kind of way I'm approaching this game for the Brooklyn side. Um, I don't know that I'm going to get exposure to Kyrie or Harden, but if I did take one, I would take Kyrie. And then on the Orlando side, I'm really not interested in those guys. I don't think I'm going to pay up for Vucevic. I, I really like Vucevic in certain spots, but I just don't like him in this spot. And then uh, I'm not really interested in the value or mid-tier guys on Orlando. So that, that's kind of how I'm approaching this game is uh, a little bit more caution uh, with the way I think this is going to play out here. Yeah, and then, you know, I'll, I'll just follow up on, on Bruce Brown. You know, he had another good game against Golden State. And we talked about how in certain situations it works out for him because there's so much defensive attention uh, paid to Harden and Kyrie that – he can move without the ball. They can hit him back door. He can, you know, hustle plays, and he can all of a sudden shoot seven for ten and and pay off the value. the The two problems here for me are just that, you know, we're not sure at this point in the day if he's going to start, and that would change everything if Jeff Green is back in the starting lineup and Brown goes back to the bench. Uh, and the other thing is just it's it's a little bit tougher with Orlando because, you know, they are a slower pace and you know, average defense. Uh, so I just don't see him, you know, running loose quite as much as he has in, in some of these other games where he's hit his mark. All right, game three is the other 7.30 tip, and it's also in the New York area as Sacramento is heading to Madison Square Garden to take on the Knicks. And this is a 224.5 total. It's the lowest on the board. Knicks favored by 1.5. We've got that 30th ranked pace for the Knicks slowing everything down and this is a 
Front end of a back-to-back for Sacramento. They're going to head up to your neck of the woods, Shane, and play the Pistons tomorrow. And the news here, we've got Hassan Whiteside out for Sacramento for the health and safety protocols. And on the Knicks side, we have Nerlens Noel probable and Alfred Payton doubtful. So we could have a big change in the backcourt for the Knicks. So uh, do you want to start us out with the visiting team here with Sacramento? Yeah, Sacramento, uh, you know, I mean, they're sitting, they're on the road here on, on the East Coast against the Knicks that are uh, third, the third-ranked uh, team in the league for defensive efficiency. So it's not really a great spot. And obviously, they're, uh, you know, a decent uh, pace team. They're, what, ninth in the league, but they're going up against the Knicks. So it's a huge pace down spot and it's on the road and it's against a team that's pretty solid up and down for defense uh so i don't really like this spot for sacramento um and you know some of these guys are not you know super cheap you know i know halliburton's been playing great but his price went up because of that fox is still fairly expensive even though he's their clear superstar here hard to trust their the rotation for their bigs even with white side out here so because of all those reasons I'm not really that interested in Sacramento unless we get some late news here or something like that uh, with another couple guys out or something like that happens. But I'm not really that interested in Sacramento in this spot here. Um, And then uh, on the Knicks side here, I'm not, uh, you know, I think that the the news with Alfred Payton being doubtful and most likely being out, that's going to be huge. I think that you're going to be looking at uh, if we can get the starting lineup before lock, we might be looking at mega chalk for Derrick Rose here and uh, quite a bit of uh, ownership for Quickly as well. Quickly's price is a little bit cheaper than Rose, and I think both those guys can get some run. But, of course, as we know, the Knicks still have all kinds of other guys that they can throw out there. They they have uh, you know Nikita. They have uh, Austin Rivers will probably come back, and I think he might get into the mix there. They still have Alex Burks. Uh, so they have other guys, and then, of course, Bullock. So they have all kinds of guards they can throw out there, so it makes you a little nervous that these guys could be, you know, bad chalk potentially. But obviously, if, if Derrick Rose is starting and you feel like he's going to get close to 30 minutes, it looks like a pretty good spot. Sacramento, worst in the league on defensive efficiency at 30th there. So that makes you you like it a little bit more, and it's a pace-up spot for the Knicks, so it's kind of the opposite for them. Um, and they're at home here. Uh, so... It's going to be, if Derrick Rose starts, he might be necessary chalk quickly. I like him as a player, but I don't know if I trust Thibodeau to give him the proper amount of minutes that we need for him to hit value, even at that cheap price. So that's my only issue with there. Um, And I don't think I'm going to get a whole lot of Julius Randle in this game, even though he's been great. I just like some of the other guys that are the more expensive guys on this slate here. So that's kind of where I'm at with the Knicks. They make me a little bit nervous, but... Derrick Rose might be a necessary play, especially if we can get news that he's starting. Yeah, I'm pretty similar with you on this game. It is going to be a huge turning point with that news with the Knicks. And do we get it before lock? We might not. It might be you know right down to the wire since they start 30 minutes after the first game. Do we get that starting lineup? If we do, then at least we'll have that comfort and we can evaluate it with some idea of the potential game plan. Um, you know, an alternative approach is to fade those guards and, you know, take Michael Carter-Williams in that spot in that similar price range. That's one way to do it. The interesting thing, though, is that Rose is a point guard on FanDuel and quickly is a shooting guard. So if you do want to target one of those guys, you need to have the backup plan in place and be willing to switch 
potentially a couple guys if you're going to pivot off of them. Now, I, I do agree that whoever starts would be the preferable option for me uh, because of that great matchup against Sacramento. So that'll be that'll be a really interesting dynamic and a, a big um, you know big turning point on this slate. With the rest of the Knicks, Randall would be the one guy for me to consider. He's the one guy that we really can trust with Thibodeau in terms of his minutes, his opportunity. And when these teams played a little bit earlier in the season, Randall was excellent, uh, 26 and 15. So Bagley and Holmes and company, they were no match for him. Um, but it is most likely going to be the lowest scoring game on the slate. When they played before, it was a 103-94 final. So you know New York in that slow pace won out. They won out over Sacramento's uh, game style and their faster pace. On the Sacramento side, I, I'm with you there too. That these guards are just a little bit expensive for me on this slate. I, I probably don't want to invest in them. I'd rather get more exposure to these other games. So maybe one of the cheaper options, a, a mid-tier king. I like that Harrison Barnes got 37 minutes in his last game. He played well against the Knicks earlier. And then Rashawn Holmes had a monster game against them. Double-double with six blocks. And that was with Mitchell Robinson playing. Tonight we should have Noel out there. Uh, so I think Holmes can get it done. And he's at a nice price. He only played 26 minutes last game, you know, so he hasn't been playing the huge minutes that we really want from him. But in Sacramento's last game, they didn't play any other bigs besides Bagley and Holmes. Whiteside didn't play. Uh, Bielitsa didn't play. Uh, so I could see that happening again here, that both teams go small off the bench. And, you know, Holmes and Bagley are the only bigs that play for Sacramento and, and hopefully get 30 minutes. So they'd be in play for me because of that. Uh, but but Holmes, probably the, the guy I'd be most likely to get on the Sacramento side. All right, game four, Shane. We move to the second half of this slate. We've got an 8 o'clock tip between the Clippers and the Grizzlies. And these teams are going to have a rematch tomorrow in the very same spot. So get used to this one. Tonight, it's an eight-point spread. Clippers, the favorites, of course. And the total, 227.5. Everybody's out there for the Clippers. Uh, Lou Williams sat out the last game, but he should be back. And then on the Grizzlies' side, Dylan Brooks is questionable. So with the Clippers, uh, in general, when they've got everybody out there, uh, I'm, I'm pretty hesitant to play them especially like tonight where all the price tags are reasonable. You know, nothing is really jumping off the page at me. And, you know, it's it's an okay situation with the Grizzlies. Average pace, average defense. Um, but I just don't like the fact that this is the Clippers at full strength and they're playing the same team tomorrow. So, you know, the only guy I think I'm looking at is Paul George on FanDuel. He's 8,600. And... He just continues to be on a tear here. I look back at his numbers. Do you know that this year he's shooting 52, 49, and 88? So he's almost in the 50, 50, 90 club. And, uh, you know, I like the fact, again, especially on FanDuel, he's 1,100 cheaper than Kawhi Leonard. And they basically average the same amount of fantasy points per game. 
So uh, Paul George probably or bust for me over there unless we get any news. And then with the Grizzlies, you know, certainly we have uh, a domino effect with Dylan Brooks if he plays or sits. Uh, Grayson Allen will get the start again. You know, I'm not not really excited about playing him, though, against the, the Clippers and their length on the perimeter. Uh, Justice Winslow, I want to mention him because we do need some value on this slate. And he's in the 3K range on both sites. Coming back from injury, getting his minutes up. He played 26 minutes against Dallas. But coaches Mavericks held him to 1 for 10 from the field. So he's not really in sync yet. And when I've seen him in these couple of games, he doesn't look like he's at the top of his game, you know, back in the rhythm. But for a guy that's likely to get to play half the game at that price with all that skill, um, you know, maybe this will be the day when he gets a little bit uh, more accomplished and, and really pays off that price tag. So, you know, looking at maybe Paul George, possibly Winslow, but not much else from this game. How are you looking at it? Yeah, this is a this is a tough game where it's it's borderline, you know, full fade for me as well. Uh, you know, I think it helps that the Clippers are on the road, but the Clippers are pretty pretty tough team on the road. They're they're pretty fundamentally sound and focused type team, so I don't worry about them as much on the road as some other teams. And I just think it's a pretty bad mismatch when the Clippers are at full strength and Memphis has been, you know, kind of banged up most of the year. Uh, and not really playing great. Uh, so you can see where the Clippers are eight-point favorites here. And this is another game where I'm kind of concerned about the blowout. I'm kind of kind of concerned if the superstars like Kawhi Leonard is re- are really going to have to play a full run, especially if they know they have a back-to-back. Um, I'd be curious to see if maybe Paul George plays tonight and maybe they plan on sitting him uh, on that second half of the back-to-back since Paul George has been coming back from an injury and they've been doing a little bit of load management with him. That's the only thing that I don't like about him. Other than that, he's playing great. So, But if that is the case, then, yeah, Paul George would be the best play because he would get – hopefully he approaches closer to like 34, 35 minutes in this game and really smashes, and he's going to be lower than most star uh, prices because he's, you know, $8,000 range, high $8,000 range. So, yeah, Paul George, I agree, which is probably one of the better plays. Kawhi, I'm a little worried about the blowout, whether he's going to really have to play late into the game. So I'm kind of concerned there. And uh, I don't really like any of the intermediate, you know, value Clippered guys. They have enough guys that can just have a deep rotation and everyone just gets like 20 minutes or so. Um, And they can still smash it basically, even with that, you know, not even have to play these guys that many minutes. And then, you know, Memphis, hard to trust, you know, Ja. Hard to trust Valanciunas to get his full array of minutes here as well. So it's a little hard to trust them, these guys, uh, in this matchup. And, uh, you know, the Clippers, are they'll slow it down uh, at a slow pace. They're one of the slowest-paced teams in the in the league, and they're going to play good defense. At, uh, you know, so it's not a great, uh, great recipe here. Um, and it kind of doesn't look like a very competitive game uh, on paper. So that's why I'm, I'm not going to probably have a lot of exposure to the game here. Okay, excellent. Let's transition to the 9 o'clock game. It's the Wizards in Denver to play the Nuggets. And these teams played last week. And what a game that was. Washington winning 130 to 128. And tonight we do have another high total here, 237. Nuggets are favored by 7 on their home court. And the news is that Bertans is questionable with the knee issue. And over with Denver, same guys are out. Dozier. Uh, Jamichael Green, Millsap, Gary Harris, uh, everybody else should be out there. So 
what are your thoughts on this one, Shane? Yeah, I mean, Washington has played really above expectation. They're on a hot streak of five games in a row on a on a West Coast trip, and, and they're upsetting a lot of teams. But I think eventually they're going to run out of gas here, and I think Denver's the perfect place in this little bit of a revenge game here after getting beat by them not that long ago. So I think this is the perfect situation for them to run out of gas and Denver's not going to overlook them in this game. So because of that, I'm really heavy on the Denver side here. I think Washington can keep it competitive long enough for these Denver guys to hit. Um, But I don't really want to load up on a lot of Washington guys here. Uh, So starting on the Washington side, I don't think I'm going to get, I'm not that interested in Westbrook or uh, Beal, even though they've been just playing at an elite level lately, they've been playing great. I just don't know if I want to get exposure to them. I think Denver's, you know, Denver's decent on defense right now. They're, you know, they're ranked pretty low uh, 21st on defense, but I think Denver at home here, uh, you know, uh, is going to play good against Washington and, and, and limit them a little bit. Um, so I don't know if I want to pay up for those guys. Uh, I do. I, I'm interested in Hachimura just because he's been playing great, and I can see him getting getting a good amount of minutes here and some good production. And I like his mid price point, of, you know, uh, six thousand dollar range. So I think he could hit the value there uh, for the road team here in Washington. Um, but yeah, other than that, I don't think I'm going to get a lot of exposure to uh, Washington uh, on the Denver side. Uh, Really like uh, Jamal Murray here. I've uh, been playing him quite a bit, and he's heating up. You know, he's playing more like, you know, bubble Jamal Murray. And I think with just the fact that they got beat by these guys, and uh, Washington's one of the worst defensive teams uh, in the league, and Denver, you know, Denver, uh, slower pace, but they're playing a major pace up here because Washington is the first, the fastest paced team in the league here. So it's a great spot for these Denver guys in a pace up spot, a major pace up spot and against one of the worst defenses and the home advantage getting Washington coming off this grueling road trip where they've really overperformed. So I look at it a spot where Denver's going to really hit big here. So I like Jamal Murray. Of course, you got to like Michael Porter Jr. As long as his price stays, you know, 6,000 and below. And uh, they have some guys out here. Michael Porter Jr. is in a great spot. He could have a blow up game. So I think he's a necessary play. Um, I think the other guys, if you want to go value, are Monte Morris. I think he's a good play here as well. And I'm not even usually a big Monte Morris guy, but I think in this spot, I like him. And then also Will Barton, I think, could have a breakout game, and he's way too cheap at like $5,000. I'm not sure, based on roster construction, if I'm going to get up to uh, Jokic here, to Jokic, uh, especially, obviously, if I'm playing Embiid on, on FanDuel, uh, I may prefer Embiid slightly over Jokic in this spot because I feel like these you can get exposure to the Denver team with these value plays that are going to hit much bigger value. So that's kind of my opinion, the way I see the games laying out here. Um, it's a pretty He's a pretty similar price here. Uh, Jokic is $10,800 uh, compared to Embiid as $400 less. But I kind of have a feeling that Embiid uh, will be a more focused on his team, where Denver, I think a lot of the guys are going to do well and spread out the distribution a little bit more, um, where Embiid against Dallas, I think, is a, is a great matchup. So so I, I kind of like, I think Joke, Jokic will have a decent game, but I slightly prefer Embiid here uh, as of right now. So as you can see, I, I'm pretty heavy on the Denver side, especially the mid-tier and the value guys here. I'm in the same spot with you. I like Murray a lot here. 
you know, we like to target the Wizards' backcourt, and he dominated them last time out. 35 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists. He had a bubble Murray game against them, and he's been really hot lately. Good price tag. So I've got, I'm going to have a lot of shares of Murray. Michael Porter Jr., too. You just can't ignore him here. The challenge is so inconsistent. One game it's 19 or 20 minutes, and then the next one it's 40. And you just got to hope that he's closer to 40 here tonight. And yeah. if he is, then he should hit value there. Uh, and Barton and Morris, good prices too. Really, all those guys you know, are going to take advantage of the fast pace and bad defense of the Wizards on their home court and should do well. And Jokic, I agree, it's you know a great opportunity for him here, but so expensive, so I'm I'm not not likely to get there. And it's interesting if you look at what happened with the matchups on the other side when they played last week. Mo Wagner got the start and played three minutes, and they realized he just had no chance against Jokic. So Lopez got the big minutes, and they've been really mixing and matching with Wagner and Lopez and Len, who starts, who gets the most minutes. I think Lopez gets more run tonight and becomes a value option right around 4000 on both sites. Um, with the other Wizards, I have some interest in Westbrook uh, a little bit more than Beal. You know, Westbrook's been rattling off triple-doubles against everybody, including the, uh, the Nuggets when they played. And, you know, he's under 10K. Murray's not a good defender. So I, I think he could get it done. You're right. It is the, you know, we're ending up with this road trip here that they've, uh, he's been playing more minutes back to back, the overtime game. But Westbrook can handle that as well as anybody. So he'd probably be the guy I would most likely go to out of the stars for the Wizards. I think guys like Barton can give Beal a, a bit of a hard time. You know, nobody can shut him down, but Barton is a very good defender. And then Bertans, that'll be a big piece of news. He scored 35 against Denver. That was one of the games where he got hot shooting. But he can disappear in a heartbeat if he's not making his threes. And now we've got that question question mark with his knee. So really hard to trust there. And if he's out, then it's going to be a lot harder for the Wizards to score and keep this one close. You may get a few more minutes for Rui. And so then that value play that you're looking at, the, the mid-tier option, you know, could get a bump. And with Porter Jr. starting and guys like Jamichael Green and Millsap out, the power forward spot defensively not as strong for Denver as it usually is. So Rui and Bertans should get a bit of a bump while they're out there. All right, Shane, let's wrap up this slate with the highest game total on the board, 242.5 as the Pelicans are playing in Milwaukee. The Bucks are nine-point favorites here. When these two teams played a few weeks ago, New Orleans won 131 to 126. So that one was a shootout, and you know, great opportunity here for some big points. The problem with the Pelicans here is that they played last night against your Pistons in a high-scoring game. Guys played big minutes. So what do they have left now? Traveling to Milwaukee, not an easy task. Uh, in terms of the news for the individual players, Drew Holiday is listed as doubtful right now at lunchtime here as we record this. Uh, we're we're going to break this one down as if he is not playing and as if Bobby Portis is playing. He's probable with the elbow laceration. So if that's the way it shakes out, 
uh, starting with the Pelicans. Um, you know, Lonzo is a target for me here. Uh, he did well in this matchup before, and without Drew Holiday, it's a much better situation for point guards. So he's a way to get exposure to this high total. Ingram and Zion, I think, are fine plays. Um, you know, I, I'm not too worried about the back-to-back, um, but, you know, roster construction. Uh, are those guys going to have a ceiling game? And Zion, we've got Zion and Giannis here with the big payup options in this game, both power forwards on FanDuel. We've already mentioned some value options at power forward. So that's that's going to be a turning point for me on FanDuel tonight is do you pay up at power forward? Do you go one and one with one star and one value play? Or do you use both your value plays there and pay up at the other spots? So that is what I'm going to continue to play with throughout the day. Josh Hart, I think you have to mention in a game like this, a decent price tag around 5K on both sites. On the uh, Milwaukee side, you know, I've been playing a lot of Giannis and Middleton with Drew Holiday out, and I I like this spot for them again. You know, when they played in January, Drew Holiday played in that game, but Giannis still had enough opportunity to go for 38-11-5. And Middleton flirted with a triple-double with 16-8-8. Giannis is very expensive, but uh, I think he could smash here. And Middleton has been inconsistent, but uh, I like him as well. So, you know, it's probably going to be focusing on on a couple of these stars, uh, not so much with the peripheral guys in this game. How are you looking at it? Yeah, I mean, uh, interesting thing on the New Orleans side here is I'm, I'm looking at the narrative street here, and I'm taking a look at Eric Bledsoe. Uh, he's going in against his former team, familiar place in Milwaukee here, and it didn't really end that well with, uh, you know, the way it went down with uh, Milwaukee there. So I kind of like Eric Bledsoe to be highly motivated, and it doesn't hurt that last game out he actually uh, he did get, uh, get more minutes uh, last night. I think he's in good enough shape to be able to handle another full workload. So I like Eric Bledsoe here at a spot where he's 4,800 on both sides. And I think he's going to get 30 plus minutes again. And I think that he, he will have that little bit of extra attention uh, in, ter- in terms of uh, wanting to do well against this team. So I think, you know, don't I don't buy into narratives a lot, but I think it's a legit narrative where he could have a little bit of a boost here. And you're going to get him at lower ownership because he hasn't really done anything lately. So I kind of like. Eric Bledsoe is a sneaky narrative play here. Um, I think Zion's fine if you can get up to him at that price. You know, 8500 I think he remains still a pretty good value at that price. Definitely has a high ceiling, high upside here. Uh, but again, I don't really like New Orleans that much in this uh, matchup. It's a lot tougher matchup than when they went up against the young Detroit team last night. And uh, it's a back-to-back for them. And Milwaukee's kind of on a mission to turn their their season around. So you can see Vegas is pretty smart and gave them the uh, Milwaukee the nine-point favorites here. So I do like Milwaukee to roll in this game. Um, and because of that, I'm again, this is the theme for me on this slate, is I'm a little bit concerned about Giannis here, whether Antetokounmpo can get the full you know, 35, 38 minutes that I'd like to see out of him. I know he's talented enough to put up 60 fantasy points in like three quarters, but I prefer a game that I think is going to be competitive in the stretch where he actually has to play at the end. Cause I want to try to push for that 70, you know, 80 point fantasy upside. So because of that, 
I don't know if I'm going to get to a lot of Giannis at the at the eleven thousand dollar plus uh, price point here because I think Milwaukee's going to roll in this game. Honestly, um, if if I am going to get a, a Milwaukee guy, I mean someone's going to do well if I think Milwaukee's going to blow him out. So I am in, I am interested in Middleton because I think he can hit that value at that lower price point in a shorter amount of time. I think he could have a monster game playing, you know, three and a half quarters or something like that. So I'm interested in Middleton here, just not sh- quite sure if I want to get up to Antetokounmpo. I think Giannis is going to be super high-owned. I think he's very popular. So if it does end up being a blowout, and uh, that it might be a good way to pivot off that chalk in Giannis and go, go somewhere else. Um, but I, obviously Giannis can break the slate. He's that type of player, but I just don't see it in that in this spot here. Um, it's a it's a good matchup and everything. I think that's why everyone will go towards it. But I, I think the game could get out of hand at some point. So I'll, I'll go with Middleton. If you want to go with the value play, a mid-tier guy, Bobby Portis has been good. Um, last Thursday when I'd recommend him, he didn't have a great game, so he's a little up and down. But he is the type of guy that can go in there, uh, you know, against this young uh uh, front court here and do well and he just contributes in all categories and he's, he remains at pretty cheap price here um, so I could see him getting some runs especially if it's a blowout here with uh, Bobby Portis um, so yeah I think uh, this is going to be a, a, a pretty easy win for Milwaukee I mean you never know but that's the way I see this game is Milwaukee's going to roll at home here with New Orleans coming into their uh, into their home arena on a back-to-back excellent yeah Portis really been shooting well this year right around 50 percent from distance so uh he has had some big games off the bench no doubt about it all right well we want to invite folks to come in and join us if you haven't already as members to to grab our lineups tonight we'll be giving out uh two cash lineups on FanDuel cash hybrid lineups designed for those 50 50s and doubles up double ups so you can build that bankroll and then a full gpp lineup as well on FanDuel that you can plug and play and then a full yahoo lineup shane will be crafting that and our coach's clipboard on DraftKings with highlighted core plays and pivots so you can build a winner over there. And to join, you can go to our website, dfscoachtalk.com, sign up directly there. Or uh, you can look at that, uh, that offer on the bottom of the screen there on YouTube. If you can make your first deposit at betus.com.pa for $149, go ahead and do that. Use the promo code COACHTALK all one word, and you'll get to use that money on BetUS and get a free membership with us all the way until June 1st. So over three months of free membership, uh, it's a terrific opportunity. We also give out uh, some bets uh, every now and then in Discord that we like, Uh, and so there's a a good opportunity there to hopefully increase your bankroll in in several different places. Um, So uh, if you have any questions on that, just reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. Shane, any final thoughts here? Yeah, I mean, I think the theme of this slate is, you know, like I said, I'm a little concerned about some of these blowouts, with this, especially with superstars being able to hit value. And I think the other theme is you have to have exposure to the 9 p.m. and probably the 9.30 p.m. games, um, just the way those game environments are set up compared to the earlier matchups. Uh, those are essential games probably. So if you feel like you're in a lead and you've, you've stacked some of the earlier games, you, you better watch out. That's mm-hmm. that's uh, my advice here uh, for this particular slate. But yeah, it's and we'll see if we get any other news there. But I think there if if you overreact and, and and load up on some of these value plays earlier in the in the uh, slate that could cause issues for you later when you go up against these the 9 p.m game absolutely well said 
uh, last thing, if you could, on your way out the door, subscribe to our channel on YouTube if you haven't already. And then on social media, you can find Shane on Twitter at DET Sports Shane. I am at Language Olympic. And Coach is on there at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. So thank you all for tuning in today. Coach and I will be back tomorrow to break down the the Friday NBA slate. And we look forward to breaking that down with all of you as we look to crush it in DFS.